This episode of Priority One Podcast is sponsored in part by Geek Nation Tours for helping us provide live coverage of the 2015 Star Trek Las Vegas convention. This episode is also brought to you by Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Admirals, you're listening to episode 237 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek Online podcast, recorded live on Thursday, August 27th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, August 31st at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Kenna. And I'm Jace. We also have a very special guest host this week. Some of you may recognize his voice. He's a former host of Priority One who's come back to see his old stomping grounds, as it were. I hope you'll join me in extending a very warm welcome back to Mark. Hello! (laughs) Mark, why don't you tell us what we have in store this week? Sure. This week, we're continuing our Star Trek Las Vegas coverage with an interview recorded with the team from Roddenberry.com. In Star Trek Online News... We're looking over this week's patch notes and talking about the state of PvP. And, as always, before we wrap things up, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Speaking of hailing frequencies, it's great to receive all your messages, so chat with us during our live stream on Thursday nights at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash live, or answer our community questions by commenting on our website, Facebook.com forward slash Priority One, or via Twitter at STO Priority One. Did you know that this podcast isn't all we've been up to? Be sure to keep your eye on PriorityOnePodcast.com for the latest in Trek-themed news and reviews and Star Trek Online videos made specially by our team. We've also launched a new show called On Screen. Watch Star Trek with familiar hosts and special guests as they offer colorful commentary on the episodes. Visit OnScreenPodcast.com for more information. Thanks again to all our Patreon supporters, old and new, that make this show possible from week to week. Because of their support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page. One last thing, listeners. Our writing team is looking for new contributors to the blog. If you're interested, shoot us an email at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. Or click Red Shirt Uncle Sam on our website for more information. And now, let's head back to Las Vegas with Roddenberry.com. I don't know. Then let's track it out. All right, joining us here on Priority One is Tori Mel, producer at Roddenberry Entertainment. Tori, thanks for stopping by. It's very good to be here. Thank you. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Roddenberry.com. Tell us about your role there and what you do. Uh, so I'm a, uh, I'm a producer at Roddenberry for all of our entertainment stuff. We you know, film, television, and comic books. And then uh, a couple times a year, I come out of that world to help run the conventions for us. So you awesome. know, we do Comic-Con and we do this Star Trek Las Vegas convention. 
So talk to us about Roddenberry.com. What, what, can, what can you find there? Everything and anything from cars to trucks. To, <laughs> we, you know, we, uh, G6. G6. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Come on Sunday, Sunday. We're slashing <laughs> prices. Um, we are Roddenberry uh, Entertainment, Roddenberry.com. We are the um, uh, champions of all things Gene. Rod Roddenberry, uh, Gene's son, is the owner of our company. And we uh, carry on the, the tradition that Gene and Majel started 50 years ago, I guess, almost, doing uh, with Lincoln Enterprises, selling merchandise and things like that, all Star Trek-based. And um, and then we also started doing our own endeavors, like comic books, Days Missing and Worth. And we uh, actually have a new app that we just launched on uh, Monday, August 3rd, which you can get on your... Uh, you know, iOS devices and um, your Android stuff and things like that, called White Room O2B3. Okay. It's the uh, very first ever 360-degree narrative film that I wrote and produced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just drop that right That there. was called a plug thanks, in the radio thanks. business. Feel free to uh, spend $2.99 on that thing. Um, that is, it's $2.99, and then we'll get back to business. And you can get it from your iOS or Android store, White Room 02B3. Two ninety nine. It's uh, six strangers wake up in a room, and they don't know how they got there. And they find out that uh, they're part of an experiment whose outcome could help change the face of humanity forever. Wait, but how does this work as an app? So here's how it is. The app is actually uh, a, like all self-contained movie. So you have the three hundred and sixty degree viewing experience is what we designed the film for, and it's a, a purely immersive film. So if you have a, a smartphone or a tablet and you download it, you can, you can watch it, and it's like you're in the middle of a room. And you can spin all the way around 360 degrees, you can look up and down. So it, it's got, it ties the accelerometer in there, knows your position, and then Absolutely. you change around, you're looking at the different characters. It's insane. So really... That's kind of cool. So for $2.99, right, which is, I love that price point, even though I want it to be cheaper, but whatever, you can watch this film six different times, because there's six different characters, and you can just focus on one person the whole time and see their journey. You know, the 360 version is like you're the director because you choose what you want to see. Right. In, in the app, you also get a traditional version of the film, which is like the regular movie, which is rad, and you get a 20-minute featurette making up. So here's what you're not telling me. You're te you're, yes. What you're not admitting Go. is that all the actors are still in that room and Go it's on. just... It's Big Brother happening all the time. This and is they're there live 24 hours. <laughs> while, while you kid, I will say that when we shot the film, the only way you could do the 360 is we had to encase them in the set. Right. And there's no escape. So we're like shouting at them like direction and stuff, you know, over this wall. And it's kind of like, you know, terrifying for them. Uh, they're still there dead. They're dead. They desiccated skeletons yeah. in there. And, and Franklin and Bash, that Brecken was just in, yeah, he, yeah. that was an animatronic because he's still <laughs> in the room. So, yeah, but that's it, you know. And then we have a bunch of stuff that we're developing and working on. And, you know, you get all your merchandising needs over at Roddenberry.com. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm wearing my very fancy Monster Maroon uniform with the official Roddenberry badge. Did you use one of our thing. patterns for this? Uh, no, actually, I got it from, I bought it from a person who probably did use one of the patterns I love it. This. Yeah, but, but you have all the, like... But I've got the badging and the The, the rank pin, and, yeah. pins and the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the things and the deltas and the yeah. ski bop badoos. Yeah. It looks good. Thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, I'd buy it from me. Well, let's see. If you buy it, you want to buy it from me? Uh, from you. Okay, well... Uh, well I, we're in Vegas, so we can just work something out upstairs. That, <laughs> but, but it'll stay here. It's Whatever totally. happens. Yeah, it'll okay. stay here, but stay then here. you know, people in, like, Saskatchewan will listen. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because we're not recording work. Oh, we are recording uh, it. That's but we can right. fix this in post. That's yeah, true. Totally. totally. We'll so what other trinkets do you sell on RadderBrand.com? Um, so we have, a, you know, we do a bunch of, like... We do a lot of Diamond Select stuff and things like that, but we do have, like, all of our pips and squeaks and... Um, deltas and cool insignias, but what we just started doing, which is actually amazing, we just launched our Gene Roddenberry Legacy series of props. We do a, a big prop business, and they're um, 
screen accurate, modeled after the actual like blueprints of the original props from the prop makers. And they're super sturdy and heavy and they feel freaking amazing in your hand. And they're beautiful. They're beautiful, beautiful props that we just, we have the uh, Tricorder and, um, and the Batleth, which were our first two runs. And then we have a couple new ones that I can't talk about right now. Oh. <laughs> Transporter. <laughs> ah. I know. Well, we have a couple of new ones that are coming out next year. That'll be really cool. But if you uh, go online, you can check them out. We ship anywhere in the world, and they're really just beautiful things. Plans for the assault phaser from Star Trek Six? Because I, I need to accessorize. You do. You really do need, need to, to accessorize. accessorize. I mean, you feel gotta, a little bare. A little. I'm. I'm, I'm feeling a little naked on my sidearm. Totally. And it's funny that you mentioned naked because you're not wearing pants. Well, and I'm again, this is out. radio, and I'm behind a table. No one needed to in the know convention. That. I know, but I, it was Duh. awkward because my hand is on your leg, and well, you know, I didn't move it. <laughs> I know. It's fine. We're all friends here. That's all. It's all, buddy. Yeah, all totally. It's totally. It's, yeah, the IDIC man, all the way. Exactly. IDIC, so. Infinite diversity, infinite combination. There you go. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. I uh, I was a Trek fan prior to working for Roddenberry and uh, uh, was, I wouldn't consider myself a Trekkie but now that I'm so immersed in it like, and I know things like Edic it's, it's weird to me yeah, 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 man. Yeah. You so, stepped through. You stepped through the curtain. Absolutely. You through. We have tribbles. We have lots of tribbles. If you're into tribbles, yeah. you like tribbles. I'm, I'm not a big. I'm allergic. <laughs> That's okay. You get our, our co-host Cookie over there. She loves them. Watch, she, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow them. your mind right now. You just get a glommer and they'll eat the tribbles. See what I just did? I took it to the animated series. Took it to oh, the yeah. Because then they had first the big all, tribbles. First of all, you said you weren't a Trekkie. Well, no, you're, you're making a TAS reference. So what I'll say is, these are the things you learn <laughs> when you start working for Roddenberry. It's an amazing thing. <laughs> no, but you know, it's, it's it's fun. You know, you get to see everyone and talk, and everyone's super nice. And it really is, literally, more than any fan base, this is Star Trek probably has the greatest and sweetest of fans anywhere. Yeah. It's like Star Wars people are like cool and neat, but they're like the hipsters of, you know, sci-fi. Yeah. It, Disney it, bought us. We have lots of money now. Exactly. And then, yeah. and then they don't care about you anymore. Star yeah, Trek, yeah, though, yeah. it's really, I mean, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, awesome. A, it's a great thing. Well, Tori, thank you for stopping by, man. I, yeah. you know, it's a real pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. You're awesome. You're awesome. And we hope to uh, to talk more again sometime we, soon when new products come everybody out. Everybody check out Roddenberry.com, everybody. Check out Roddenberry.com. Check out uh, White Room O2B3 on your um, iOS or Android device. And, uh, you know, guys. What, it's not on Windows Phone, man? What's going oh, on? Oh, man. Yeah. So much for Idic. It, it'll, so it'll, much for Idic. Well, we're getting it ready for uh, for Oculus and uh, Samsung. Whoa. So, oh, boom, Oculus. drop the okay. mic and just walk away. Hey, guys, let's yeah. just kiss real quick. Is that cool? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> All right, thanks for stopping by, Tori. Thanks again to Elijah for another great interview. Now, let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. This week, Massively OP sat down with Steve Ricosa, a.k.a. Salami Inferno, executive producer of Star Trek Online, to talk Season 11. A lot of the information isn't new, but there were a few nuggets that might be interesting. They started by talking about the Admiralty system and gave us some more details on how it will work. Mr. Ricosa said the Admiralty system will require a different type of strategic and tactical planning from the existing duty officer system. There may be an overlap in numeric rewards, but the scope and scale of the rewards will be larger in the Admiralty system. We're to expect more detailed information in a blog post soon. 
He also talked about the timeline of the new story arc, comparing it to the Iconian story arc, which has been running for over five years. By contrast, the new story will take us through this time next year, with no indication that it will run longer than that. One issue that Mr. Rakosa addressed directly was the exploration system, which some players had hoped would be getting reintroduced with Season 11. And I quote, The content in Season 11 will be focused on exploring the Star Trek franchise through our in-game narrative, he said, rather than revisiting an exploration system. He added that there are discussions about a revamp, but that he can't share the details yet. If you'd like to read the full article, we'll leave a link to it in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO237. Coincidentally, also from Massively OP, an article by Bree Royce from earlier this year sparked some conversation among us here at Priority One about PvP content in MMOs and how we think that might relate to Star Trek Online. The article is entitled, Working as Intended, Six Things I Expect from Serious MMO PvP. And we'll include a link in the show notes as well. Her six key points. First, faction balance and guild control. She says serious PvPers expect a fair playing field and quick intervention from the refs to keep that field fair and fun. In this segment, she talks about how one faction or mega guild should not dominate, even if perfect balance isn't possible. In World of Warcraft, for example, you'd be looking at the Alliance versus the Horde, whereas in Star Trek Online, the Federation vastly outnumbers the KDF. The second point was class and playstyle balance. At the same time, she says, I can't stand it when designers invalidate entire characters, classes, or playstyles because it's too much trouble to make them work in PvP. By the same token, PvE players' top-tier rewards shouldn't allow them to annihilate PvP-focused players either. Point three, depth, significance, and persistence. Quoting, I want to see high-stakes territory control, grand siege weaponry, and enough persistence that there's a point but not so much that we're back to a single alliance dominating the game forever and ever. And, designers must find that happy medium between letting people zerg right back into the fight and punishing them so much that they'd rather just log out than return to the front lines. Point four, deliberate accessibility. Saying, accessibility isn't about dumbing down content, but about making a game digestible. It's about how well a newbie can participate, how much he can contribute in that twilight transition between newbie and veteran, because that is what will entice him to stay and keep learning. Basically saying, breaking into PvP content in games can often be the hardest thing for a new player to do, and those experiences can easily turn them off that mode of play or game entirely. I know that from personal experience. So her next point is the reinvention of PvP culture. So while rules and design measures to reduce ganking and other cheap and easy and frankly low forms of PvP are important, the problem lies in PvP culture itself and that's something few studios address head on. In fact, some of them intentionally appeal to the ugly side of the MMORPG world with macho marketing or customer service policies that seem to encourage players to go way over the line in their pursuit of abusive one-upmanship. And finally, she wants justice for all. She quotes a previous article of hers saying, free-for-all PvP is lazy game design. It's the developer's way of saying, yeah, you know, we really don't have anything interesting to add to this part of gameplay, so just go ahead and do whatever, because anarchy is, like, so hardcore. Rules of engagement, war crimes, prisoner exchanges, all potentially rife with dramatic tension and action both. 
She ends with advice not to think of PvP as one monolithic concept of players murdering each other brutally, but a whole spectrum of competitive activities that could be incorporated in a multi-faction system. All right, so let's talk about this. What are both of your experiences with PvP? Basically, I have none. It's not something that appeals to me. And, I, you know, knowing that we were going to talk about this, I did do some thinking about what it is that does not appeal to me and why I don't join in. And for me, personally, it goes back to one of the previous points that she's made about deliberate accessibility, because I would feel uncomfortable jumping into a PvP scenario because I don't know what I'm doing. And where I have tried to kind of, or I've accidentally ended up in a PvP battle zone i just i just didn't get what was going on and i didn't feel as though the game enabled me to get into it easily i just felt oh, i've got to go and shoot some stuff and i didn't really understand the difference between pvp and pve and generally speaking i find pve a little bit easier to digest because they help you along and tell you what to do so that's the the point of view that i'm coming from how about you mark yeah i'm kind of similar when I first came into Star Trek Online and hanging out with my friends in the fleet. We used PvP to test builds, to have fun, and just to explore and do things. But when you start taking it into the competitive edge, what lost me was kind of going back to the guild control aspect almost as the the pre-made. Going in as a pug and a pre-made just totally threw me off. I mean, I think it did match after match after match, and it was the same team over and over again. And it just got... It got boring, you know? It's like that, okay, cover my aft, here they come. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. very true. Yeah, and to Kenna's point, you have not only are, do you need totally different builds often in PvP versus PvE, you need a different strategy. Uh, although, ironically, the, the spacebar macro was pioneered as a way to help total noobs to PvP mm. not totally drag down their team. It's funny because it became adopted as a widespread PvE tool for people to get initially up to a basic DPS level, but it it actually came out of the PvP community to try to bridge that accessibility gap. Like, here's something you can do that it's at least going to make you fire off some powers and not just sit space dead targeting nothing, you know, automate the process a little. I have done a little bit of PvP in Star Trek Online, not a lot. I've done some sort of friendly fleet PvP. I used to do Karat a decent amount in my Defiant or Galaxy X, which was enjoyable because I could cloak and level the playing field a little bit against the KDF in the days before that was common on our faction and long before the Romulans. And did you do that in pugs or did you do that with uh, fleets or prearranged groups? How, what did you do? Well, in Karat, it was just pug. It was a sort of a free-for-all zone. The Federation have basically a PvE objective and the Klingons have a PvP objective to stop us. So that was a little different and not the most balanced scenario. Often it would turn into one side or the other essentially camping a spawn point. Oh. But, you know, you could get around that a little bit. In the actual PvP queues, I only really did that with Fleet. Cookie and, and Tony and a bunch of other Priority One folks uh, and myself did that early on in my time with Priority One. We did those a few times, testing out different ships and and more or less goofing around. I mean, it wasn't very serious. And I came into this thinking, I'm not really a PvP player, but while I rarely have been heavily involved in PvP, there have been games where I really enjoyed it. Like Warhammer Online, 
I really enjoyed PvP in that, and I, I'm not sure what the essential something about it is. The classes and their abilities were interesting and dynamically balanced mm. across multiple realms, which is something they talk about in here. Mm -hmm. The factions were asymmetrical but balanced, mm -hmm. or at least they were working their hardest to do it, and people played at different levels, of course. I didn't do very much PvP in World of Warcraft, but I preferred the large zone battlegrounds where there were objectives and mm -hmm. such. Yeah something where you were interacting with the environment more than just I sit on this flag or you know I, I run and try to get as many kills as I can with as few deaths as possible yeah. something a little more complex yeah I get that if I'm allowed to talk about shall we see the dark side for a second when I went to play Star Wars I like the hotball PvP because it was something different it was you're playing a game but PvP's built in it, that for me was fun hmm one of the things that we were talking about before we went on air today was about uh, how Star Trek Online almost discourages people from trying PvP because there's so many ways that it encourages you to go down the PvE route. I might get killed for saying this, but for all intents and purposes, PvE queues are, it's a DPS game because it's always a kill the objective and it's usually within a certain amount of time so you are encouraged actively to go for high dps builds and when you try and take that then into a pvp scenario without the right kind of design and the right kind of objectives it basically becomes whoever has the highest dps wins right and it's specifically spike dps which only certain cues call for that. Mm -hmm. So most people have pressure DPS builds where you're just putting out as much damage as you can continuously over a longer period of time. But in yep. PvP, you need to do a ton of damage really fast before somebody else hits you with some god-awfully augmented torpedo or something. And that's, I think, part of where Star Trek Online needs a bit of... Well, I think that's one of the major problems that they have to overcome to to entice people into PvP because anytime we get a new console or a new set of weaponry or something else, it always gets then analyzed and made into a new meta, a new build, a new something that ends up being the new awesome thing. And if you haven't got that, then you're behind the times and you're automatically going to be out of the game for PvP. If you were to, to join a pug, against a bunch of guys that are all equipped with the Iconian rep four set and a plasmonic leech and a tachyokinetic converter and you you know you haven't been playing for that long you're outgunned before you even started and the way that we've been releasing equipment and the upgrade system and the rewards for featured episodes for instance they are all geared around more and more powerful things that will that are just going to keep leaving people in the dust when we're talking about an, a level playing field. It's that power creep issue that a lot of people have, have problems with. Right, and that brings up the point of how big an overhaul PvP would need to really be viable in Star Trek Online because to create that kind of balance, PvP has to have its own set of rewards and achievements and milestones mm -hmm. that includes a parallel gear path. Yep where the top-end PvE gear is good, but not awesome in PvP, you know, so that you have an incentive to climb that ladder mm -hmm. instead of just, well, I'm going to go do all the queues and, and get all my rep gear and 
then I'm going to come into PvP and dominate. It doesn't really... Yeah, it doesn't really work like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there is also an issue, you know, the, the, the focus of Star Trek Online really is around story episodes and PvE queues. And you just... There isn't a... There isn't a system of being rewarded on the same level for being in PvP. And if you take something like, um, I play Destiny as well. Now that game is very heavily into PvP and all the best loot drops are in PvP. If you're starting out as a player, you know, don't bother with the story missions, go straight into PvP because you can get stuff that's loads, loads better by playing PvP almost randomly than you can by going through the story modes. And so there, they are actively encouraging people to go into PvP and, you know, work on strategies and get better because that's where you'll get the really good stuff. That is noticeably absent in Star Trek Online. And, you know, Jay Smith in the chat points out about uh, how gear from past reputations can sometimes be basically outdated Mm -hmm. and that the ground and space traits are even a, a bigger factor of that which means that something like traits would have to factor into PvP as well. Mm -hmm. And we know that there have been issues with certain traits or certain new items and how they interact with other player abilities or how they affect other players not really jiving with what PvP meta we still have, you know, however small it is comparatively. Mm. So can we talk about one other thing that we we haven't really mentioned yet that I noticed just at the end of that article where she was talking about, yeah, every person who's ever gotten up at 4 a.m. to repost his auctions is hardcore PvPing. And that um, struck a chord with me because, as you know, I love the exchange. The exchange is a form of PvP. I mean, in my case, the rewards that I get from it are energy credits, sometimes various other things, depending on what I'm after. But that is a form of PvP. So are there other ways that we could be looking at a PvP style of gameplay within Star Trek Online that don't necessarily mean zooming about in space. Right. Some things that are competitive and reward Mm -hmm. your dedication and skill to a particular aspect of effort rather than just simply murdering each other, as she calls it. Yes. And playing against other characters. So uh, she's also brought up Hearthstone as a card game PvP, or there are other different types of of things where you are engaging in a competitive nature with other players that maybe aren't, you know, in a battle arena. So maybe Yeah, we still need that blackjack app. In game blackjack app. (laughs) Yeah. Or um or like, you know, chess. (laughs) Oh yeah, three dimensional chess. Yeah. Both fixtures of Star Trek. Yes. Something to think about anyway. So what do you guys think Star Trek Online would need to make PvP an aspect that you would enjoy digging into? For me it's number one help. And number two, rewards. So I need a system that tells me what I'm meant to be doing and hooks me up with people who can either help me or are on my same level so I don't just get blown up in the first three seconds. And number two, I need really, really good gear to drop in those PvP, do they call them queues? Because if the best gear in the game was in PvP, I would play PvP, no questions asked. Yeah, I would kind of agree. I always thought to borrow ideas from other games like a ranked PvP system and a PvP reputation. I know that was kind of bounded about a while ago as an idea, but something like that. Then you get, you're on the same level with the same people at the same time and you're getting the gears as you go. So it's a clear, almost like a rank structure, so you've got a goal. For me it's a goal. I need to get somewhere for me to want to invest the time into it. Yeah, agreed. I think for me it would be engaging scenarios with a little more 
environmental interaction mm-hmm. and at least a shell of story to it, even if it's something you're going to be doing repetitively. Like uh, we talked about, we mentioned Alterac Valley in World of Warcraft. The original Alterac Valley had just all kinds of side stuff you could do in it. It was it was like an adventure zone in Star Trek Online, but with PvP objectives and fighting in it. Mm. I would love to see something like that in this game. Although to be fair, even WoW struggled with really properly implementing that. There were a lot of issues and exploits with it, and it had to be revised many times over the years. Yeah. That brings us to this week's community question. What sort of PvP would you be looking for in Star Trek Online? Whether you already PvP, have given it up, or have yet to try it? Moving on to patch notes. This week we had a very brief set of patch notes, so I will hit on those equally briefly. They patched a problem with the crafted engineering console where it was appearing to grant permanent critical hit increases when triggered. That obviously was not intended. In great news for Starfleet Dental, subspace party amplifiers will no longer linger indefinitely if their owner dies, so hopefully they will be able to get back up to fighting strength after the many deaths this last week has seen. Wah, wah. Do you know, that was, that was actually... I enjoyed that. To be fair, I wasn't playing an awful lot, and I didn't have any problems with the graphics, but I did go and have a little uh, disco to myself on Ryza. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Also, the temporal phase overcharged warp and singularity core temporal phase capacitor ability now only reduces the recharge times of bridge officer abilities. Bit of a nerf, but I believe it was the originally intended effect. Uh, I haven't read too much about it yet. They resolved an issue where players and boffs were being injured on normal difficulty, so the universe has become a little less dangerous once again. A couple other small fixes, but most notably in the foundry, updated descriptions for several NPC contacts and added some new contacts an exocomp, Rebecca Simmons, a Tholian and a Tholian exocomp, which I believe is the drone that they summon. Mm-hmm. Zeronius Rex also mentioned that you may want to look closely at those new NPC contact descriptions as the one for a character based on a certain pink or purple haired dev may have changed. <laughs> Interesting. Ooh. Again this week, in an effort to bring some of the news and comments from PWE and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the forums and the Twitterverse. Jeremy Bordicus Randall retweeted Kenna. We have no plans to change or retire the Crystalline Shards, he said in answer to her question, does anyone know whether Crystalline Shards can be carried over to the next event? Good news. Yeah, that's good news. It was a little unclear, especially since we've had the issues with the Lolanot Pearls, and we know about the the, the seasonal events, but it's good to hear that those uh, sort of non-seasonal events we can carry it over, at least for the Crystalline Shards. So Zeronius Rex on Twitter has generally been playing a professional tease. Her account is worth a look for some leaked screens. The first one is playtesting the finale with Salami Inferno, Swall Art, and Captain Gecko. Hashtag so awesome. And the next one was Mommy and Daddy are fighting. Story discussions can get heated, am I right? And that was directed at Captain Gecko and Salami Inferno and Samuel Wall. <laughs> I was accompanied by a picture of, of them leaning back in their chairs. Who knows what they were talking about? And a final one from Captain Gecko. If you haven't heard yet, our friend Aaron Eisenberg is having kidney failure. He's a wonderful person, so please keep him in your heart. And we here at Priority One wish Aaron all the best with his current medical needs and a speedy recovery when it comes. Hashtag go play a Ferengi. Absolutely. 
And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here are some upcoming events to look forward to. Don't forget that this is the last week for the Crystalline Cataclysm event. Now through September the 3rd, you can complete the daily Crystalline Entity queue to collect Crystalline Shards and complete the event project. As we mentioned before, it's confirmed that you can carry over Shards to the next event, so even if you finished, you can get a head start for next time. Also, this week is the start of the very first Galactic News Network promotion, where all players can work together towards global rewards by sharing the Season 11 trailer on YouTube, sharing the Facebook post, or retweeting the Twitter announcement. With enough shares, we can earn up to 100% bonus XP, bonus marks, and or bonus dilithium. As of recording this show, the 100% bonus dilithium has already been unlocked for retweets, so get onto YouTube and Facebook and help earn the rest. The event runs through the 10th of September. That wraps up Star Trek Online news this week. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Admirals, we're at that part of the show where we're opening hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, if you were asked what change to make to the timeline in order to resolve the Iconian War, what would you choose? And how would that play out in the history of the Star Trek universe? Remember, the temporal weapon needs a target, and that target is erased from ever having existed. Small Yoda wrote on PriorityOnePodcast.com, I would choose to resolve the Iconian War by eliminating the Alachi from the timeline. The Romulan Republic wouldn't then have to deal with mass abductions of its people. They would then spend time building stronger ships with more effective weapons, allowing the Alliance to beat them through conventional warfare. The war would still happen, but we would have the upper hand. If for any reason the temporal incursion produced disastrous effects, overload the core, temporal shields offline, and restore the timeline. I'd be curious to see what fallout we got from removing the Alachi. Kind of a neat idea, although I think the Alliance shied away from wiping out any species. Yeah, well, they did that anyway, unintentionally, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marquis posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com Thanks for that butterfly vid. I enjoyed Kate Branson's comments, and Kenner, you're always in soft focus. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> He'd order the temporal weapon to wipe out the Deferi, cute evil laugh, to unbalance the balanced. Then, have the Breen reign supreme, setting off a chain of events favouring the Jem'Hadar, dragging the Federation into an early Dominion war, obliterating DS9, so no, the Cisco. A brave Andorian then takes charge, claiming he has Corbomite. Founders surrender, angering the Klingons, galvanising Romulans, and the war is won. Huzzah! Andor is a new Federation homeworld, and a human explorer finds something in a Deferi cave. I like that. That reads like a fan fiction to me. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It was a fun one. And yeah, really well thought out. DS9 completely. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, that, maybe that was Elijah writing in his Marquise. Totally oh, gets rid of DS9. <laughs> I think there would be a lot of people upset about that. Maybe it's they, the, the devs would have just got sick of hearing everyone going, we want a DS9 revamp. And they just went, you know what? Here's your revamp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I got sorry. your revamp right here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sean Newboy commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com 
First of all, I would not have wanted a dreadnought-sized weapon, I would want a handgun. I think the main problem is trying to change time with huge targets, when smaller targets would cause less collateral damage in the first place. Wonderful show, everyone. Fair point. Yeah. Mm. Although, that's the whole point of butterfly effect, is that changing one very small thing can still have massive ripple effects down the line, so I'm not sure if that holds up. Jonathan Towery writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com, Send triples, lots of triples. They make great pets. They would soften the cold, dead hearts of the Iconians. Just have to divert some cargo ship full of the little fur balls to Iconia. Great show, guys. Keep it up. Oh, yeah, we could stop the great tribble hunt that was sung of in the Klingon operas. Imagine Klingons having to sing glorious victory songs about tribbles. It's wonderful. Oh, that would be brilliant. And finally, Kel3770 writes also via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Anyone consider that this could be the beginning or the story behind the signing of the Temporal Accords and possibly the Temporal Cold War? Just something that's been in the back of my head for several episodes now. You know, that's a decent point with some of the theories that people have and also the fact that our temporal agent was just sort of watching the events and said, well, some vague stuff about how they'll get involved if things get too bad, but, you know, they were just sort of monitoring. Well, each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast. Follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One or shoot an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, Admirals, that wraps up episode 237 of Priority One Podcast. Before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community question. What sort of PvP would you be looking for in Star Trek Online? Whether you already PvP, have given it up, or have yet to try it. Admirals, you know we love hearing from you, so let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section on our site, on our Facebook page, or with a tweet. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com and stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. You can even join the Priority One podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One podcast. Thanks to our patrons, we've already hit our monthly running costs. And thanks to Geek Nation Tours, we're able to bring you on-site coverage of the 2015 Star Trek Las Vegas convention from our own table at the convention hall. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' other shows, like On Screen, providing a new and exciting way to watch episodes of Star Trek, or Guard Frequency Podcast, covering the upcoming space sim Star Citizen. If you like this show, then subscribing to our sister shows is the logical choice. Visit PriorityOneNetwork.com for quick links to each show. The Priority One fleet is recruiting, and there's never been a better time to join. If you're interested, just shoot us an email with your at handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And now, you can become part of our Klingon fleet division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast for their ongoing, dedicated, and consistent contributions over the years including our executive producers Elliot and Elijah, 
Our audio engineer, Michael McDonald, with audio assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, and Asmaria DePost. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith. And if you enjoy our comics, the creator of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at Towery Designs. That's T-O-W-R-Y Designs deviantart.com thanks to all our bloggers and their managing editor l to our foundry reviewer jake morgan to our video editor jerry tillman and to consultant midnight shadow seven of hollow sweet media for supporting this show thanks to the composer of our theme music chris watts thanks to our syndication partners subspace radio and trek radio most importantly a big thanks to you the star trek online community and our listeners because without your ongoing support None of this would be possible. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. So they started talking out, uh, talking about the stuff with the other stuff. Oh, God. Okay. They started, oh, I wrote this and I can't even say it. <laughs> uh, how about, <clears throat> this might be easier. No, thank you. <laughs> you thought I was going to troll you. I, did, I, did. <laughs> I don't trust you at all, Jace. Rules of engagement, war crimes, pen, oh. I almost said pensioner exchanges. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, that would be uh, weird PvP, wouldn't it? Well, that would be very <laughs> slow paced. Yeah, you have to get like you'd have to like send walkers across, like over across to the other team. <laughs> oh Games. man! Sorry, sorry, we can't we can't exchange our pensioners. We haven't got enough wheelchairs. Mobility scooters for all. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when you level up. That's your epic level <laughs> PvP reward for the pensioner exchange. That's transwarp. <laughs> anyway, um, jeez, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna okay, make no. it through. I'm gonna make it through. Okay, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is bad. This is really oh bad. man, we went down the rabbit hole on this one. <laughs> oh god, right. I can do this. <sighs> Rules of engagement. I can't. <laughs> I'm gonna take. Okay, I'm gonna take a drink of water. And think about the. <laughs> maybe, maybe no, 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 you can, I got uh... it. I got this. I got this. <sighs> Rules of engagement. War crimes. Prisoner exchange. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, not even close. Okay. Hug it out. <laughs> I'm really not sure. I can. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> no, this is really right. <laughs> Normally, I'm so professional. <laughs>
Well, Admirals, we're at that part of the show where we open up hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Do you want to start that over? I'm not sure, but I think we got some sort of Admirals or Animals. I thought that was just me hearing it funny. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not not sure what that was. I think I half sneezed. (laughs) (laughs) It did come out like Admirals. All right, going again. Yeah.